Advanced paternal age is a risk factor for autism. It just is. If you are a father or know of a father who you weren't really that old when you had your son or daughter with autism, I get it. It seems like a silly idea, right? Well, it isn't just about you and your experiences. To be a risk, it doesn't need to be seen in every single person. It just needs to be seen more often in people with autism. It's a small increased risk, but it's there. It's been replicated through the years in multiple cohorts, both in the U.S. and multiple countries in Europe. It's actually one of the more replicated findings in environmental risk factors. I know people get sick and tired hearing about advanced paternal age and autism. And I'm not saying it has anything to do with the increase in prevalence for autism, because as you know, I take great pride in not attributing any one environmental factor to the increase in autism seen in the last few decades. And I also take great pride in not attributing autism to a single cause, period. But as studies are getting more and more sophisticated and include more and more people, there are some new studies that show that advanced paternal age is associated with the risk of probably a subtype of autism, the less severe form, which was previously known as PDD-NOS, or pervasive developmental disorder, not otherwise specified. Autism is not the only neurodevelopmental outcome with increased risk with advanced paternal age. By the way, I know the word advanced paternal age seems a little cold, but I'm not going to use the word old or elderly or dad for that matter. Anyway, it's associated with multiple disorders like schizophrenia and some behavior problems. The strongest links are for schizophrenia and autism, but there have been some weaker links to things like ADHD and OCD. And when I say advanced paternal age, what numbers am I talking about? This is why I don't use the word old. A majority of the studies have some sort of increased risk at age 40. And I don't think 40 is that old. I actually see advantages of having a child later in life. And so did a collaboration out of Mount Sinai School of Medicine and King's College of London that looked at traits of people with fathers of advanced paternal age at conception or birth. Instead of thinking it as autism versus no autism, They explored the traits of people across the continuum without a diagnosis of autism. And as you know, we all have different autism traits, but some people just have them expressed at high enough levels where it becomes a disability. Those traits, plus other issues like IQ and language ability, make some people more in need of help than others. These researchers conducted their experiment in two ways. First, an animal study, and then an epidemiological study where they looked at the age of the father in a cohort of people. That study is really interesting, but let's start with the animal study, which, don't get me wrong, is also interesting. They mated young, old, and very old mice with young female mice. Since mice live about a year, the father mice were, say, 20 in human years, 50 in human years, and then 70 in human years. I mean, I'm saying that's probably a generalization. I'm guessing it based on the average life expectancy of a mouse. Because while you can be 100 years old and a man and have a baby, If you are a woman, that possibility ends around 40 to 45 most of the time. Again, a truth. So while the ages of the male fathers changed, the ages of the mothers stayed about the same. The pups were born and they watched the animals when they were babies, adolescents, and adults. In juvenile mice, maybe like adolescents and teenagers, the offspring of older mice were more social than those from younger mice. The authors attributed this to the quote-unquote active but odd description of social behavior in people with Asperger's. I would hesitate to say that it represents the behaviors of those who are not actively engaged socially and have no interest in being with other people. These animal behaviors included play and investigative social behaviors. 
So they were kind of more social, younger, but as they got older and became adults, they actually got less social compared to those born from young fathers. They compared male and female offspring to each other, and there were no differences. So the analysis was done on both sexes put together. In the adults, though, the male adult children of very older fathers showed a larger effect. I'm not sure to make of that, but it was there, and actually it was also found in the epi study. So the epi study. They took this idea a little further, and they looked at standardized measures of behaviors from a study in the UK that was collecting this information on children born of fathers of different ages. Where does a person find such data? Well, in the UK, there was a study called TEDS, or the Twin Early Development Study, that has over 7,000 twins from 3,500 families with data on them at age 12. Because twins are just so inherently interesting, and why wouldn't, want, and why wouldn't someone want to track the outcome of twins? I also want to mention that this same cohort, the TEDS, was also used to study the female protective effect in a publication about three years ago. This has been a very useful project from which multiple studies have accessed data. So they didn't look at autism. I just want to say that now. They looked for something called the GEEK Index, and they called it the GEEK Index, not me. The GEEK Index was calculated by a combination of the Nonverbal Cognitive Score, or IQ, together with a measure of social aloofness and repetitive behaviors. The authors, therefore, were looking for a phenotype that captured high IQ or cognitive ability with the ability to maintain strong focus on a subject of interest and some social aloofness or lack of social skills rather than a complete lack of social ability or awareness. This measure has been shown to predict later academic achievement in a good way. High geek index in younger kids ends up in better academic scores later in life. They coupled this data with other data looking at geek index and probability of different fields like science, technology, engineering, and math. So first of all, as paternal age went up, and again, obviously they looked at paternal age because maternal age plateaus, so did geek index. But this was limited to the boys, not the girls. Ding, ding, ding. Also, in those with a high geek index, they also had higher academic achievement at age 16. And because this was a twin studies, the authors could look at heritability, comparing if the effect was the same for dizygotic twins that share 50% of their DNA versus monozygotic twins who share 100% of their DNA. Not surprisingly, the effects were stronger in those with 100% shared DNA versus 50% shared DNA. So it's genetic. I, the point to all of this, and yes, I do have a point, is that it's possible that the increased paternal age for autism risk is stronger in a subtype of people with autism, specifically those with PDD, NOS, or Asperger's, and emphasizes that if this is the case, this type of autism is associated with later success. To end this, this is consistent with people from like the Autism Self-Advocacy Network who maintain that autism is not a challenge, it's part of a unique set of strengths where people may not fit in socially, but tend to do well academically. Now, I think we really need to think about whether or not this is autism. Can you compare this type of autism with people with low intellectual disability, minimal verbal ability, self-injurious behavior, seizures, and severe medical issues? I think the question of what is autism is a question for a different podcast. Also, what causes this advanced paternal age effect? Well, researchers have really kind of narrowed it down to things like those de novo mutations. And also, 
things like epigenetics, which is a mechanism for how genetics and the environment may interact. I look forward to hearing more about this. Thanks for listening.